our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As I was sitting peacefully in the stands, a baseball suddenly hit my shoulder. Ow! What idiot would throw a ball at me? And a dirty ball at that. Ew. At that moment, Justin, the guy I had a crush on, gestured to me from the field. Sorry, can you throw it back to me? Sure thing. I juggled the ball like a pro, then with all my might, I threw it. Down the drain. Well, what are you waiting for? Give me a round of applause, please. Hi, I'm Luna, a blessed girl whose dad was the president of the most popular e-commerce corporation in Finland. I live without lacking anything and not having to submit to anyone, and yet I decided to change everything I was to be the type of girl my crush liked. Look at that cool boy. That's Justin. His face <laughs> resembles Jungkook, right? So cute. But it wasn't the only reason I liked him. Once when my dad and I went to a baseball game for a charity event, which I was forced to attend, an accident happened. During the break, when the kiss cam was on and strangers started to exchange kisses, all of a sudden the kiss cam showed me and a strange man next to me. My dad had disappeared somewhere, so I had no one to call for help. I fidgeted awkwardly, but the camera kept zooming in on me while the man boldly came closer and puckered his lips towards me. My defense instinct kicked in and I immediately pulled his hair and pushed him away. The humiliated man angrily threw a cup of coke on my head. Crazy wench. My dress was soaked and everyone booed at me for ruining the fun atmosphere. Suddenly, a guy came and covered me up with his shirt. He took my hand and said, Stop it. She's my girlfriend. He kissed my hand and pulled me away from there. The mood was lifted immediately and the crowd started cheering for us. When we were finally alone, I took a breath of relief. Hey, are you okay? Thank you, that would have been a disaster if you weren't there. Before I could ask more about him, he had already bid me goodbye. Before he left, I reached for his hand and asked, Wait, this is your shirt. Can I know your name to return it? I'm Justin, and no worries, keep it. After that brief encounter, I couldn't stop thinking about Justin. Maybe I had a crush on him. I wish I could find that cutie again to ask for his number, and unexpectedly, God had granted my wishes. One day, our school held a festival to recruit members for the clubs. When my bestie Casey and I went through the booths, we saw the baseball club members playing with each other. Huh, that looked pretty dangerous. Suddenly, a ball flew straight at me, and my two bodyguards ran to catch it. Foolishly crashed into each other and fell to the ground. Ugh. As fast as lightning, a hand caught the ball in time. I told you not to play in crowded places. Thank you, uh, Justin? 
Oh my god, was I dreaming? Justin was actually the captain of my school's baseball club. It must have been fate. He saved me twice and by the second time it was without a doubt that I was crushing heavily on him. Justin, can I... Justin! When I was about to ask for his number, Monica, a hot female member from the baseball club, suddenly interrupted us. She looked so full of life, even her arms had muscles. I'll see you around, Justin said to me and quickly ran over to the beautiful girl. They looked so friendly. <laughs> la 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 la, someone's in trouble. Casey giggled and told me that Monica was Justin's childhood bestie, and there were rumors that they had feelings for each other. Jeez, it seemed that Justin liked athletic and energetic girls. If that was the case, I was at a disadvantage, because I'm the princess type. But to catch his attention, I was determined to do anything. So I started making plans to capture my crush's heart. I asked Casey to go shopping with me at Camp Galeria Center and bought a bunch of baseball clothes. Why do you even buy those? Don't tell me. My face was as red as a tomato. Casey understood immediately and continued teasing me. Haha, <laughs> you're in love with the baseball captain, right? To shut Casey's mouth, I bribed her with three Prada bags. She thanked me happily and promised to help me get my dream boy. After that, I texted Justin a lot and engaged in more conversations with him. We had a lot in common except baseball. Not only that, Justin loved extreme sports, while I didn't find them interesting at all. But still, I tried to act like a strong, brave girl so he would come to like me. Once, Justin said he wanted to climb to the top of Sarki Tantori, and I even insisted on coming along. Honestly, climbing was tough as hell, yet Justin was as strong as the rock. He constantly helped to pull me up and walk faster. I gritted my teeth and put one step in front of the other, but my legs were so close to breaking. Justin was very concerned for me. Are you okay? Do you want me to carry you? Nah, I can do it. That's the spirit. There's only 2,000 feet left. Another 2,000 feet? Hearing that, my blood pressure dropped and I fainted. In the end, Justin had to carry me back home. I could see the regret in his eyes that he couldn't complete his goal. He must have been disappointed in me. But still, I didn't want to give up on him. I made up my mind to confess to Justin the day his team participated in the school baseball game. On the day of the game, I was cheering for him from the stands. During the opening ceremony, Monica was chosen to hit the first ball. She looked so strong and cool out there. Suddenly, Monica raised her bat up high and someone ran over to give her the mic. I want to give this honor to Lona, our school princess. The whole audience applauded loudly. Justin was looking at me and clapped as well. Not wanting to disappoint him, I immediately went to the field. After his brief explanation, I kinda understood how to play. I stood on the field and took the bat from Monica. My eyes were fully focused. Unfortunately, I missed the first ball. The second ball was no better and I even dropped the bat to the ground. As I started hearing laughter, my sweat broke out and I began to tremble. When the third ball flew to me, I closed my eyes and swung blindly. Bam! Yay, I hit it, right? But the crowd was oddly noisy. I opened my eyes and to my horror, I saw that I had hit Justin and he was lying unconscious on the ground. The medical team immediately rushed over and carried Justin out of the field while Monica wasted no chance to sneer at me. 
Ha ha, how useless. Everyone laughed even louder and booed me for being a good-for-nothing. I froze on the spot in embarrassment, and Casey immediately pulled me out of there. That day, there were a lot of comments attacking me. Some students even set up an anti-Lona group with more than 200 followers. Although Casey tried to comfort me, I still cried a lot. A week later, Justin recovered and went back to school. In his hand, there was a large bouquet of flowers as he walked over to Monica. Damn it. I had already seen this coming. My heart was about to shatter, but I knew no matter how painful it was, I would heal someday. Let's go, Casey. I don't want to see that. I turned around, but suddenly, hmm? Justin was standing in front of me with a red rose. He flashed a dazzling smile <laughs> while Monica furiously looked at us. Would you like to go out with me? I, I, I thought you liked athletic girls. Justin laughed and patted my head. He took my hand and said, you fascinate me so much that I actually forget what my type is. I was so happy that I launched myself into Justin's embrace. Monica angrily tried to pull us apart, but Justin held my hand tightly and scolded her. I have said it so many times, Monica. We're just friends. <gasps> then we walked away while Casey teasingly stuck her tongue out. Look who just got rejected. After that day, <laughs> Justin and I were officially a couple. I didn't try to play baseball anymore, and just enthusiastically cheered for my boyfriend from the stands with my two bodyguards. Hehe. <laughs> Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you'll be given a shout out. Also, drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast, My Animated Story, by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. Though he was skeptical, he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly. And finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, Caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, 
thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. <laughs> Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? 
I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door. Just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. <sighs> Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. 
Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again. I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. <laughs> True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends. Hi everyone, my name is Leslie. I live with my dad. He's a cop and controls my every move. My parents got divorced a few years ago, and I've been living with my mom all this time. However, she had to fly out of state for a year for work, and I had to move in with my dad, who lived in a small town. No, I love my dad, but the whole situation sucked. New town, new school and classmates, and a new life, because my dad is a strict man. My mom didn't let me do much either, of course, but my dad laid out his rules right away when I came to visit. No boys, no long walks, and no parties. Also no short dresses or skirts. Honey, I work with criminals and I know what they can do. I want you to be safe, and I don't want you getting involved with anyone, especially Johnson. Who's Johnson? He's your future classmate. I've already checked out all your new classmates. Johnson is a frequent visitor to my station, always getting into trouble. All he can do is fight and steal. Watch out for him. He's not your kind of crowd. And when I saw this Johnson guy, I knew what my father was talking about. Dirty, unkept, very mean and arrogant. Wow, we got a princess over here. He gave me a cheeky smile. I was startled and immediately pepper sprayed him in the face because what my dad said about this guy really affected me. Hey, is that how a princess greets people? The troublemaker was indignant and covered his face with his hands. Everyone just laughed at him and gave me a thumbs up. I thought that such an unconventional introduction would help me avoid Johnson's attention. But after class, some guys grabbed me. Hey doll, want to introduce yourself? Leave me alone, I said trying to get out of their grasp. Why are you so boring? Come with us. Let's have some fun. Hey, the lady said she didn't want to talk to you, said Johnson, and he got into a fight with these guys. He quickly scattered them and then asked me if I was all right. I was really scared, but I was also shocked, which made me speechless for a moment. And then my dad showed up at the wrong time to pick me up. He saw me next to Johnson. Hands off my daughter, Brandon. 
my father said sternly. Ah, so the princess is your daughter. The boy smiled. All I did was help her. Don't go within a mile of her, understand? Or you'll spend the night at the station, behind bars. I'd be happy to. I haven't been there for a whole week. Brandon grinned. I couldn't even stand up for him, which made me feel insanely ashamed. At home, my dad told me again to stay away from Brandon and reminded me not to hang out with boys until college. Otherwise, my schoolwork would suffer, and any boy who dares to go out with me would suffer too. I'm sure my dad was serious about it. It was really boring at home. I finished all my homework. Dad was watching baseball on TV. I couldn't go out. Besides, I didn't really have anyone to go out with, and I felt terribly lonely. I called my mother, but she couldn't talk to me for long because she was busy. In the morning, for the first time in years, I was excited to go to school. I found Brandon and thanked him for rescuing me yesterday. The best thank you is if I could copy your homework, he said. I didn't care, so I gave him my notebook. I noticed, however, that Brandon was having trouble reading. Are you a bad reader? I asked him. Yes, he admitted and blushed. Don't you like books? I don't have time to read. I'm busy surviving. Is there a desert island around here? I joked. I don't have a home. Brandon answered calmly. My parents abandoned me, and I ran away from the orphanage a long time ago. They weren't treating me well. My heart sank, and in a rush of emotion, I hugged Brandon. I started rambling about how I didn't know about his situation, and that I was sorry that this happened to him. And Brandon responded with a smile, saying that it was okay. I looked at him from a different perspective. He has no parents. Nobody cares about him. That's why he's acting like this. Maybe he's trying to get in trouble on purpose to spend the night at dad's station because it's warmer there after all. I told my dad about it. He said he knew perfectly well that Johnson didn't have a home or parents. But what bothers me more is that you started hanging out with him. Leslie, what did I tell you? He'll screw you over. You'll cry over him. I agreed with dad and started avoiding Brandon, even though it was really hard. The guy kept calling me princess, which I loved and tried to start a conversation. I couldn't resist, and we started chatting in secret. After school, I'd go to the town library, where Brandon would come and I'd teach him how to read and write. And in order to get him to practice more often, I gave him my old phone, and now we text every night. I told Brandon that my dad controlled everything, even my texts, so I had to delete them. My new friend called him the dragon, who holds the beautiful princess captive. Well, that's partially true. And then Brandon asked me out. Dad was on the night shift, so I said yes. He took me to the park, where we could see the beautiful starry sky. And then he timidly took my hand. I blushed. My heart stopped for a second, but I didn't take my hand away. I never held hands with a guy before in my life. Suddenly, however, we were blinded by headlights. Leslie, what's going on? Why aren't you home? And what's Johnson doing next to you? We were just taking a walk, I mumbled. Get in the car, and you're going to spend the night in jail, you little shit. Gladly. Brandon smiled and winked at me. At the station, in his office, my father decided to have a serious talk with me. He decided to tighten his control, so he assigned a young intern to me, Rick. Now he had to watch my every move. I freaked out and went home. In the morning, I walked to school accompanied by Rick. The intern was sympathetic but he couldn't help but obey my father's orders. I was embarrassed walking around the school with a cop. The kids were looking at me sideways. Everyone avoided me. Well, I'll never make any friends here now, 
and I don't think Brandon is gonna talk to me after last night. But once Brandon was out on the street, he texted me right away. I told him about my situation and the cop controlling my every move. Brandon promised to do something about it. And in the evening, when my father went to bed, someone knocked on my window. When I opened the curtains, I saw Brandon. I immediately let the guy in the room. You're crazy, I said quietly with a smile. Dad is home. Yeah, but he goes to bed at the same time. I noticed that a long time ago, being at the station. Besides, I don't want my princess to get bored. I chatted quietly with Brandon. I went on to teach him. And then my friend confessed that no one had ever treated him with such kindness before. And he wasn't even comfortable accepting my help at first. Usually everyone avoids me because I'm the school's biggest troublemaker. Princesses like you just look at me with contempt. And you, Leslie, are not like that. You're very kind. He took my hand again and I couldn't resist kissing him on the cheek. We texted in class and after school, we continued texting each other. Dad calmed down and finally got Rick off my back. He also noticed that Johnson hadn't been in a station in a long time. Meanwhile, I helped Brandon get a job at the car wash. You don't have to steal anymore to survive. My dad's friend works here. I made a deal with him. Your shifts will start after school. Thank you, princess. You're a real lifesaver. A few days later, my dad told me he saw Brandon at the car wash. He was surprised because the kid was finally doing something right and started making money. I was pleased. Maybe dad would let us hang out. I secretly brought lunches to Brandon at work and unfortunately, dad's friend reported it to dad. He confronted me in front of Brandon, but my friend stood up for me. Your control has turned Leslie into an uptight girl. She has no friends at all because of your intern who's been following her around. Everybody's avoiding her now. Not up to you, Johnson, to decide how she lives her life. I'm her father and I know best. You get on with your work and your life. Daddy asked Rick to keep an eye on me again. Only now I couldn't go anywhere after school, so I had to stay home all day. Brandon would come over in the evenings, but his visits became rare because of his night job. He wanted to get a flat so he could stop looking for a place to stay every night. And then one evening, while Brandon was visiting me, my father suddenly woke up. He had an emergency at work, so he came in to let me know. He was furious when he saw Brandon and told me I was moving back with my mother and I will never see this troublemaker again. Daddy, no, please! I almost begged. I said it all, Leslie. He took Brandon out of my room and drove him to the station. The next day, I was sitting on an airplane, crying. I loved hanging out with Brandon. I really liked him, too. It was going to be hard for him to be without me. I mean, he had no friends and no support at all. My father told my mother, and she agreed with the punishment. She didn't want me getting involved with homeless troublemakers either. However, Brandon and I continued to text each other anyway. He told me he was having a hard time without me, and I told him I was bored without him. Sometimes we'd turn on the camera, and we'd go for walks like that. I knew I wouldn't see Brandon for a long time or ever, because we were separated by a few thousand miles. But I hoped that in a year, things would get better, because my mom and I would be back home, and I wouldn't be so far away from Brandon. But things didn't go according to plan, because mom was offered a permanent job. And of course, she said yes. I was devastated that I would never see Brandon again. He really stole my heart and soul. Several months had passed. Brandon hadn't returned my calls or messages for a week. I realized that he was bored communicating this way and must have found someone else. 
But then one day, someone knocked on our door. And when I opened it, I couldn't help but shout with joy. I immediately threw myself into Brandon's arms. My princess, I missed you so much. Me too. He said he'd been saving up since I left because he couldn't bear to be away from me. Brandon said he was going to live in this town now, to be close to me. My mother was against our relationship, and she and my father tried to convince me not to waste my time with Brandon. But he soon proved to them that he had changed, and my parents said we could see each other. Are your parents strict too? Write your answers in the comments. I'd love to read them. Bye! Hey guys, my name is Gloria. And you won't believe it, but I eat money. I love its taste and crunch, but it was not always like this. It's just that at some point I wanted to try something new in my life. To be honest, this turned into certain trouble for me. I live in a very wealthy family. My parents are big businessmen who sell cars all over the world. So I have everything that any teenager can dream of, and even more than that. For example, on my 13th birthday, my parents gave me a yacht on which I had a cool party. And when I turned 14, I got a helicopter. And if you think that's cool, you're wrong. You see, when a person doesn't have a lot of money, they can dream and get incredible emotions from purchases. But I can't do that. I have everything. And I no longer dream of anything. And new expensive things do not evoke any emotions in me. Lately, I have lived as if in a vacuum that was covered with gold. Everything around me was shining and sparkling, but this didn't impress me. However, one day, everything changed. Once, my classmates and I were hiking, but had a little trouble. The branches of the trees were wet because of the recent rain, which, by the way, hadn't been mentioned in the weather forecast. In addition, Leo even forgot to take paper, despite the fact that he was responsible for the things that were necessary for the fire. This meant that we would not be able to make it. We were already getting a bit nervous because Leo's lips were blue from cold, and my hands became numb. The rest of my classmates tried to keep warm by hugging each other, we needed too much time to go back, but we were already exhausted, so we had to stay there and shiver with cold. Some of us have already begun to think that we would freeze to death there, and for some reason, it was at this moment that one brilliant idea came to my mind. I completely forgot that I had several bundles of notes in my backpack. I took them out, calmly set them on fire, and then put more or less dry branches on them. This was how we got fire. The guys didn't cry as much from the horror stories that we told each other on the way as from me burning the money. They were really upset seeing this, while I actually felt some kind of pleasure. I loved seeing shocked faces around me, and it evoked emotions in me. I decided not to stop there. So when I got home, I ordered the housekeeper to light the fireplace. And when the flame was blazing in it, I was throwing green bills there. I enjoyed watching the fire consuming them because at that moment, I felt almost like the lord of the world who could afford anything. However, I quickly got tired of it and again I found myself in a void. 
But I did not want to be there so much that I decided to do another crazy thing. I smashed my car, which cost several million with a bat. And after that, I cut many of my branded clothes with scissors. But the problem is that I still do not feel joy and happiness at all. And then, one evening, while suffering from idleness, I was watching a YouTube video of a girl eating a $100 bill. At that moment, I thought that she was crazy. But a little later, this idea seemed very tempting to me. I took a $10 bill, tore it in half, and ate it. Well, you won't believe it, but I even liked the taste of money. Also, the note crunched so cool on my teeth. And since then, I ate several bills every day. Once, I came up with the idea of making a salad out of money and adding garlic sauce to it. (laughs) That was yummy. But then I wanted to show everyone how cool I was. Right at school, I made myself a sandwich with $100 bills and ate it in front of my classmates, licking my fingers. They were shocked and asked why I was doing this. I replied that I liked the taste of money and then suggested that they try the wonderful sandwich too. Leo said that I was nuts and I was doing some kind of bullshit. Because of my antics, I lost a friend who, for some reason, didn't want to talk to me. He began to ignore me and it seemed silly to me because I did not judge him for eating a lot of burgers. However, Leo's ignoring did not stop me and every day I continued to eat money in the school cafeteria. The guys told me that I was crazy while I found their reaction funny, and then I decided to go to a new level. After coming to the park, I sat down on a bench, took out my wallet, and started eating money. I also made a thick straw out of bills and began drinking a milkshake. Some people were looking back at me while others were making comments and one guy even took my wallet with money and ran away with it. I just laughed at it, because it was already empty. Then some old lady sat down next to me, and after looking at what I was doing, she condemned me and said that I did not value anything in this life. I didn't want to listen to the moral teachings on how I should behave, so I decided to visit my favorite cafe to get a coffee and cheesecake. But this turned out to be a real disaster for me, because I was badly poisoned, and in the evening, called an ambulance to be taken to the hospital. While I was lying in the ward after the stomach wash and waiting for my test results, I published an angry review on the page of that cafe, mentioning that one could easily get poisoned there. However, when the doctor entered the room, he said that the printing ink caused my poisoning. He asked what I had eaten on that day, and I told him everything emphasizing on the coffee and cheesecake. But the doctors said that my addiction to banknotes, which were soaked in a very dangerous and toxic paint, was to blame. He added that if I had continued to do the same thing, I would have died of poisoning very soon. I immediately deleted the review from the restaurant page and thought that I would again have to look for some crazy way to evoke emotions in myself. And I will also have to say goodbye to the wonderful taste of money. This made me really upset. And because of negative thoughts, I could no longer stay in bed. 
I decided to take a short walk down the hospital corridor and call my parents. They were abroad at that moment, but promised to send a driver with a package of normal food. And when I was waiting for it, I noticed a girl not far from me who was sitting on a chair and reading a book. I was very bored and decided to chat with her. Her name was Dina, and she also got to the hospital because of poisoning. We got into a conversation, and I thought that Dina was a very interesting girl who was wise beyond her years. When I was handed a whole bag of groceries, I was very happy, and then I noticed with what desire Dina looked at it. I asked if she had anything to eat besides hospital food, and she said that her parents didn't have the money to buy that much food. It turned out that Dina was from a poor family where all the attention was devoted to her disabled younger brother. He needed care and expensive medicines, which consumed most of the family budget. Dina said that she was not mad at her parents because they were trying to help him. Her story moved me, so I gave her my entire package. I also felt terribly ashamed. For a long time, I did not know what to do with money, and because of that, I started eating it. While many people cannot afford even basic food, what a blind idiot I was. Before my discharge, I handed Dina a check for $100,000 to make it easier for her family to support the children. She refused it at first, but I still convinced her to accept the check. And then I decided to help other children and families. That's why I gave all my pocket money to charity funds, so that there would be more and more happy and healthy people in this world every day. Why haven't I thought about this before? It's so great to help others. While being engaged in charity work, I finally began to experience vivid emotions, which were, in fact, only positive. It was much cooler than burning and eating money because they made me feel relevant and useful. If you had as much money as I do, what would you do with it? Give your answers in the comments. Don't forget to click on the thumbs up button below the video and be sure to share it with your friends. Bye-bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.